Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to take a piece of audio from a constitutional conservative, and I'm going to show people why Article 5 conventions are a complete joke and will never work. And it's just a huge, gigantic time sink, time waster, so that they can make sure people stay fully distracted while they finish building the electronic prison to put us all in. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer, practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth, the hard truth, truth most people really can't even handle and don't want to hear. So they just shut the show off and that's fine. But the truth is I was a constitutional conservative for many, many years, believed all the stupid crap about the document and the brilliance and the founders and the genius and the protections and the freedom machine. And then about 25 years ago, I got the internet. And in fairly short order, I figured out that it was a complete scam, a total con, a grift to keep me on a taxpaying plantation to control me. That's all. It's a lie from top to bottom. It's not that I don't want freedom. It's that constitutional conservatism will never, ever produce it. Anybody can look around and see that. And when I figured that out 25 years ago, I became self-certified as a master practitioner and no longer needed uh, these jokers calling themselves constitutional conservatives. I also have given myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all the fantastic work I've done on this podcast. And when the movie Jones Plantation is finally released, I think I'm going to give myself the uh, Medal of Freedom Award, which I think is the highest medal that a civilian can bestow on himself. And so I think I've earned that one as well for all my fantastic work I did on that film. (laughs) All right, not fooling around. I love making jokes about these phony baloney Credentials, because people just believe credentials and authority so much when they're official. And they're just such a hollow bunch of shit that mean nothing. So, all right, let's get the show going. So I want to talk today. I've got a clip from one of these constitutional conservatives who makes it sound like he's given these fantastic solutions, these super logical, legal solutions. And I'm just very, very confused whether or not someone like this at this point is really actually confused, or if they're simply just controlled opposition. There's really no way to know, be for sure. I hear his show a decent amount because it comes on when I'm leaving the gym, and I hear a little bit of it. It's a short commute, less than 10 minutes kind of stuff. But I hear bits and pieces, and then I go back and listen to some of the shows, or at least parts of them, because they're funny to me. And I think, wow, this could be something that might be worth making a show of mine about, just these little clips. And... (laughs) Uh, this convention of states thing, it was getting pushed again. It's so funny. Article five convention. I see it all the time. Article five convention. That's the solution. We did an article five convention. If you go on the internet, you'll see constitutional conservatives, drones, basically NPCs who have absolutely no idea what they're talking about pushing this stuff because this guy pushes it all the time and has and acts like it's some kind of fantastic solution. But The problem with all of it is that it's not a solution. It's never going to be a solution because it doesn't address the most fundamental problems that we have. And that is with the structure of the system, and they can't ever be fixed. You're not fixing the structure of the system. The problem with the structures of the system are things like the idea that the government could ever take somebody's money without their consent and then spend it on something makes any idea of liberty preposterous. It's completely absurd. You have no moral high ground. They complain all the time about liberals who want to take this money and redistribute it here and there. Well, what do you think they do? 
They take money from people who don't want to give it to the government. They redistribute it into the programs they love. The military sending it overseas. Now we're sending it to Ukraine or fucking our bestest, best ally in the Middle East. Endlessly building up crap. None of that stuff's addressed. See, none of that stuff's addressed by it. They don't address any of the problems with representative government itself. They don't address any of the problems with the fact that there's absolutely no liability for these crooked politicians. And he discusses the fact that they're crooked all the time. They do all the time. You hear them call people a liar and all this other stuff. Joe Biden's a liar. This person's a liar all the time. And then I played you the clips that show you that the representative's not allowed to even use the language. Nothing happens. Nobody's ever held accountable. Because it can't ever work. And I want to play this show because he goes through a bunch of these so-called Article 5 convention amendments that he wants to pass that he thinks is some brilliant idea. And he's been pushing it for 10 years ago. He wrote the book or something. So, all right. So for 10 years, he's been pushing this stuff. And where are we? We got 17 states on board. You need 34 just to even have it. So we're only halfway there after 10 years. How much longer is it going to take? How much longer? Another 10 years, 15 years. Then they're going to hold the convention. Then you got to get 38 states. So you get four more you got to have. You got to have all this stuff has to be agreed to. I'm going to read some of this stuff. All right. I'm going to read what Article 5 actually says in the Constitution. And for people who listen to my show, they'll be able to probably read along or at least listen and hear uh, how preposterous this is and how many Barnum statements there are. And I'm going to explain a little of the problems. And then we're going to play his clip and I'm going to break apart some of the stuff they say. And I'm going to show you how this is not a solution. Not only have they been talking about Article 5 conventions back in the 1960s, they also talked about them in the 1980s. Now they're talking about them again. Did we have one in the 60s? Did we have one in the 80s? But the 80s, they harken back to Reagan, the brilliance, the genius of Reagan, the fantasticness. This guy goes on and on about how he worked in the Reagan administration. Well, they were trying to get an Article 5 convention back then. Why? If everything was so fantastic, <laughs> did we get one? No, nothing happened. The debt's been exploding. They never talk about the Federal Reserve, the fake money system, all the problems with the courts. All the different things I've pointed out are no part of any of this discussion. It's just like talking about term limits. It just goes on and on and on. It's just a way to keep buying time so they can finish the electronic prison. Here's Article 5. People hear about it all the time. Let's read it. Okay, let's read it. It's only one paragraph. Let's read it. The Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary shall propose amendments to this Constitution or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments. That's the part we're talking about now. Because Congress, they can just do it with two-thirds of both houses. We can't even get that. That's how absurd and corrupt the whole system is. And so you have to go and try to get two-thirds of the states, state houses, to do it, to call for a convention. And again, we've only gotten... 17 so far after years and years and years of effort, and it's not the first time. But that's what they're talking about, an application of two-thirds of the several states' legislatures. Congress can call a convention, okay? So let's read on. Which, in either case, shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states or by conventions in three-fourths thereof as the one or the other mode of ratification may be proposed by the Congress. 
In other words, there's two systems. You can either have Congress do it and then put it out to the states, or you can have this convention of states. This is what they push all the time. Okay? And here's what it says. Provided that no amendment which may be made prior to the year 1808 shall in any manner affect the first and fourth clauses in the ninth section of the first article, and that no state without its consent shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate. Got it? Okay, so those are the two things that are in there. One is about slavery, in effect, the importation of slaves, which, of course, no longer has any application at all because the time's run. And the other is that you can't deprive a state of its equal suffrage in the Senate. In other words, you can't pass an amendment that would do that. But as I've told you, after the Civil War, they simply refused to seat the Southern delegation. <laughs> and then they required that they have to meet all these other things before they could get their voting back. So they just completely ignored the fact that they're in direct violation of the Constitution at that point. So they'll always completely and totally violate it. But now you've seen what it is. They call us convention. Okay. They call it. What's going to happen there? What gets proposed? Who says what's going to get proposed? Think about how many different things went to the so-called Holy Constitutional Convention, which was completely illegal at the time. They had absolutely no authority to do any of it. But here we're going to call one. You're going to have these people sitting around arguing about it. You think it's going to get any better? You think it's going to get any better? It's not going to get any better. Whatever they propose, you think that's going to shoot out the other side? No, it's not going to shoot out the other side. If it was that easy, it could happen now. But look at all the steps. Look at all the delay. What are we looking at? Another 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? It's just so dumb. That's what it actually says. So now, let's listen to some of the proposals that he has. Well, he thinks this is such a fantastic idea. Right here. <laughs> right. One of the things that I've been pushing for through this convention of states. Yes, you have been. Exactly. Ten years. Nothing and it's bad. not like this is new. No, it's not. I just, I just told you. We've been talking about this for a long, long time. This book, The Liberty Amendments, is tw is uh, ten years old. Okay, see? Like I said, so it's a ten-year-old book. They've been pushing this thing. As I told you, it happened in the 60s, happened in the 80s. No, it's never happened. Just like the stupid crap about term limits, which requires another constitutional amendment. It's just crap. It's just a way to delay people, make them think they're doing something. On top of all the problems I'm going to point out to you with regards to actually getting anything done. Okay? You act like he's just going to propose these things and that's what will happen at the Constitutional Convention. There's no evidence for that. You see, there's no instruction about what happens at these conventions inside that uh, so-called Article 5. There's none. There's no rules. There's nothing in there. That means all that shit's going to get controlled by the same scammers who are running everything now. The same problems with the details will exist then. But here it is. He proposed it as though this is going to fix it because Washington can't fix itself. The solutions have to come from outside Washington. That's what they're telling you. Is anything about that Article 5 something that has to do with outside Washington? No. All it is is that the state legislatures get to call it and then you have this convention. Okay, that's all going to be controlled by the same kind of scammers in Washington. It is. It's not going to be outside Washington. It's all going to be driven into it. None of this addresses the fundamental problems. But listen to these solutions he has. They're very funny to me. Spending. Section 1. Congress shall adopt a preliminary fiscal budget no later than the first Monday in May. <laughs> it's always about the spending about the spending. All the stuff that they spend on is completely and totally unconstitutional. Not one damn thing in there about it. 
there's nothing in there about the fact that all the spending they're doing is unconstitutional. Of course, they're spending too much. They spend it on anything they want. They claim to have the right to. So now we're going to make and have a budget on a certain day. Wow. Give me a break. What does that mean? They'll just change the definition of what it means to present it, what that means to have a budget. That's all. They'll just change it. That's what they'll do. And there'll be nobody who can step in because the Supreme Court wouldn't be able to say anything about that. Because that's something that's non-justiciable. They're not going to be able to tell you what it means for Congress to have a budget. They're not going to. That's something that Congress decides. Congress defines. It's their rules. They're not going to touch it. It'd be 25 years before you got a case up there anyway, and then they'd say it was non-justiciable. So it's a complete waste of time. Absurd. Won't do jack shit. Spending. Section 1. Congress shall adopt a preliminary fiscal budget no later than the first Monday in May for the following fiscal year and submit said budget to the president for consideration. They're always late, so it needs to be in the Constitution. Section 2. <laughs> oh, that was really funny. I'm sorry. Shall Congress fail to adopt a final fiscal year budget prior to the start of each fiscal year, which shall commence on October 1st of each year, and shall the president fail to sign said budget into law an automatic, across the board, 5% reduction in expenditures from the prior year's budget shall be imposed for the fiscal year in which the budget has not been adopted. <laughs> Did you hear all the wiggle room in there? 5% reduction. They'll just re-explain that. This is the gap rules. This is the made-up crap. They will have a million ways to get around this. They'll have all sorts of exceptions that will be drawn to it, that they won't be considered budgetary items. They'll be off-budget. You'll have a million ways to get around this. This is fantasy. You can't rein people in like this. It doesn't work. Anybody who's ever listened to my show knows that suggestions like this aren't going to do anything. 5% cut. What does that mean? 5% from what? From baseline? From last year? From an increase? Congress will get to set all of that. They'll get to set all of that. And it won't be justiciable. The Supreme Court will never get involved in something like this. So you will be stuck right back with the same problem at least 15 years down the road. Even if you tried to hope you could move as quickly as you are now. This is not a solution. We're so far gone. We don't even have a real money system. There's no discussion of the fact that the money is completely fake. That these people are all making money behind the scenes on the interest. There's no discussion of legal tender laws. There's no discussion of all the unconstitutional spending. There's nothing in here. These are not solutions, people. And they're so far away. Do you see what a huge distraction this is? Listen to the rest of some of this nonsense. Section 3. Total outlays of the United States government for any fiscal year shall not exceed its receipts for that fiscal year. <laughs> its receipts. <laughs> Uh, receipts, outlays. You think they can't mess with that? Look what they've done with interstate commerce. Look what they've done with the contracts clause. Look at it. Look what they do with the general welfare clause. Look what they do with all of it. <laughs> Spending power authority. Receipts. <laughs> outlays. It's uh, funny stuff. It's so dumb, see? How can somebody who's as bright as he is not see that this can never work? How? How? And why is it always the solution has to be that we must hold this country together? When the fundamental problem is you can never have a country held together with this many people. And he ignores the Civil War and loves on it. Loves Lincoln. See, this is the problem, people. It's deception. This makes no sense. This is never going to work. Section 4. And by the way, that's how most states have to operate. <laughs> I 
then you see how fucking screwed they all are, right? They all have to get bailed out all the time by the feds. They got a million different scams going on. You got all these pensions going broke. I thought Social Security, Medicare, and all these things, I thought they had funds. I thought these things all had these funds that were all financed. They're all empty. They're all empty. So you think if they do an accounting scam like that, they can run on like this, this shit's going to rain them in? It's fantasy. Total outlays of the United States government for each fiscal year shall not exceed 17.5% of the nation's gross domestic product (laughs) for the previous calendar year. (laughs) Uh, Do people know what gross domestic product is? Do you know how much absurdity there is in there? Do you know how easy that is to manipulate? That's something the government figure comes up with. You think the Supreme Court's going to get involved with that, too? That the Supreme Court's going to tell you what gross domestic product is? No, that's going to be left to the Congress. It's going to be left to the Congress. As of right now, it's a totally made-up number. It includes debt and all sorts of other stupid crap. All this stuff is fake. That's not going to do anything. 17.5% of a made-up number. Wow, big limitation. <laughs> Section 5. <laughs> Total receipts shall include all receipts of the United States government. All receipts. But shall not include those derived from borrowing. <laughs> they can just redefine what borrowing means. That's all they have to do there, people. See, that's all they have to do. Just like they've redefined every other supposedly clear phrase inside the Constitution. If the stinking Second Amendment that says shall not be infringed is already been infringed for 250 years and basically means they can do whatever they want. And if the First Amendment shall make no law abridging has been completely and totally abused. And if the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, which says anything not expressly given to the federal government is reserved to states and the people has been completely read out. You think they can't read something like this crap out? You think this is going to work? See, he's not talking about the real problems. The real problems are these made-up ways they have the authority to simply interpret all this crap, and there's no personal responsibility or liability. And that they have these fake representatives, as I've proven. It's an elite oligarchy. They have no personal liability, nothing. When they supposedly violate the Constitution, like he talks about all the time, there's no penalty for it. So, of course, they're going to keep violating it. The whole thing is set up to do this. And there's no way to conclude that this absurd proposal that he's making can be anything except for controlled opposition designed to waste everybody's time while they finish the electronic prison. Listen to these suggestions. Anybody who's even remotely familiar with my show can hear all the problems that come with these supposed solutions that are so fantastic that fools run around supporting. Oh, you need an Article 5 convention. (laughs) If you're not on board for that, then you must not be a patriot. Total outlay should include all (laughs) outlays of the United States government except those for the repayment of the debt principle. In other words, we want to get it paid down. (laughs) No discussion at all about how fake all this debt is. It's created out of thin air. No one's even holding the paper. It's made up. There's nothing backing it. It is a scam. It's the heart of it. So we're going to make sure that we have to keep paying the bankers back. Absolutely. We're $32 trillion in debt. Country could never support this with these low interest rates. It's fake. That's not going to do anything. Pay the debt down. What a fantasy. So silly. They act like there's real rules and that we're operating some kind of actual sort of hard Austrian economic systems. We're not. We're cut loose. We've been untethered for decades and decades and decades. We're in utter fantasy land now. That's all. They don't discuss it. (laughs) Section (laughs) 6. 
Section 8 should be. Uh, Congress may provide for a one-year suspension of one or more of the preceding sections in this article by a three-fifths vote of both houses of Congress. <laughs> these are the rules, unless they aren't the rules, unless Congress says we need uh, an exception to these rules. <laughs> three-fifths. How hard is that to get? How hard is that to get? It's nothing. Bunch of rhinos, all these libs. You give me a break. There'll be some emergency situation. Come on. Listen to this. He builds in an exception. This is how absurd all this is. Oh, it's in case we're at war. We're going to have to spend a lot more money. They'll just declare COVID to be a war. They'll declare fucking crime to be a war. They'll declare poverty to be a war. They'll declare fentanyl to be a war. They'll declare anything they want to be a war. He doesn't discuss the fact they have no authority to declare these national emergencies. He didn't even speak up about it. So now he's drawn in this exception. Listen how dumb that is. Right of the vote is conducted by roll call and sets forth the specific excess of outlays over receipts or outlays over 17.5% of the nation's gross domestic product. Do you hear all how stupid this is? Do you hear how ridiculous this is and how easily to, it is to get around it? It's so easy to get around this stuff. See, so easy. Once you understand what I've taught people about the Barnum statements and the way they can simply jerry-rig these words and how none of these words make any sense at all. They can be made to say anything. One or more. One or more. I got screwed by one or more. This whole exception has one or more. I had a court case. I would have been made tens and tens of million dollars back in the 90s. Except the court found that one or more means more than one. That's what it found. That one or more means more than one in this case. Oh, okay. So one or more means more than one in this case. So the phrase doesn't mean what it means. You think the Supreme Court can't do exactly the same thing? course it can if it ever even heard a case like this how would you even have standing to bring a case like this nobody would have standing to bring a case against the congress for violating these things nobody because the supreme court has already said that you don't have standing to bring cases like this like complaining about the income tax because you have to specifically be involved it's not enough that just the people were screwed as that's not enough you don't have standing for that. You don't have any individual standing to bring cases for any of this stuff. So it's just made up. So if Congress isn't doing it, what are you going to do? You're going to be hearing the same kinds of constitutional conservatives in radio talking about how they're violating this and what we need is another Article 5 and why isn't the attorney general doing this or that or why doesn't it? That's all it is, people. There's no way to enforce any of this. This is the problem. The fundamental structure of a government like this that's not consensual, where the people can't opt out and they can just take your money and do anything they want with it. It's never going to work where the government itself grades its own paper and there's no personal liability. These solutions are not solutions. They won't do anything. So funny to me. (laughs) Let's listen to more of this absolute comedy gold. Now, why do I provide that provision? We know why. I just explained it. Because if we go to war, if we're attacked. Attacked. National security. We'll need to spend more money than we normally do. Okay, so all they have to do is concoct uh, some phony baloney, false flag horseshit. Tell us that we're in danger. The Russians are coming, or Chinese are coming, or some shit. Therefore, we have to blow the budget. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not a patriot. <laughs> but you need three fifths of both houses. Woo! Well, you got to get sixty percent. Woohoo! So you can't just get one extra out of fifty. Oh no, no, no! You need sixty percent. How hard is that going to be to get? It was basically completely unanimous to screw us all, lock us all down, and pay trillions and trillions they had no authority to do. How is this going to work, people? There's no enforcement mechanism. There's no way to clean it up. 
No one can even bring a suit. Even if you could bring a suit, even if they gave you standing, which they never will. The court will never touch this because it'll be not justiciable. This will be something that Congress is left to do. Congress left to sort out its own rules and its own definitions. This court doesn't step in and do that. This is dumb. This doesn't make sense. This is a distraction. Dressed up as some kind of fancy, phony baloney, constitutional falutin. For a one-year suspension. Section 7, the limit on the debt of the United States held by the public shall not be increased unless three-fifths of both houses of Congress shall provide for such an increase by roll call vote. I mean, I don't understand. Do people think that's going to do something? I don't get it. Oh, so the government's shut down. That's going to make you immune from that same kind of political pressure. Government's shut down. What do these reps care? They get pensions the rest of their lives. They have no personal liability for any of it. The only thing they have to do is get reelected. And when everybody's on board for doing the exact same thing, since there's no real option, since your so-called vote is utterly a worthless joke, um, what does it help you to have the provision like this? It doesn't. It'll just get blown through. Section 8, this amendment shall take effect in the fourth fiscal year after its ratification, so they can ramp up for it. <laughs> Four more years afterwards. Probably 10 more years minimum, since we've already been out of 10, and we don't even have but half the number we need. Another 10 years before you could ever get them all. Then once you get them, you have to have all this negotiation about what would actually agree. You think this is what they're going to get? Do you think this is what's going to shoot out these provisions? No, they're all going to be adjusted and negotiated, and they're not going to end up in there. They're going to have even more wiggle room when they finally shoot out the other side. That's all. And then you got four more years once it shoots out the other side. Those guys may put it to 10 years when you go to the convention. Oh, we can't do it in four years. We need 10 more years. And then they'll draw in some other exception that deadline can be extended out with an X two-thirds vote of the Congress. Three-fifths. Ooh, and you extend it out again. <laughs> See, it's the structural problems. He's not addressing them. They're pretending that the system as it is could ever work. It can't. These are fantasies. This is a delusion people operate under and run around and act like they're now educated on the Constitution because they listen to this kind of stupid nonsense and read these books and then run around and spew this absurdity. <laughs> Let's listen to some more of this comedy gold. But you see, the rules haven't changed, ladies and gentlemen, and... <laughs> A small majority in the House can have a big impact, but it cannot have a big enough impact. Yeah, and none of that will change. All the problems will be there. And none of that gets rid of the fact that even if you supposedly get three-fifths, that means 40% of the people don't want it. That's uh, more than 120 million people getting abused by the government in a way they don't approve and don't consent to. And we're supposed to think that's some fantastic deal. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? <laughs> well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. 
The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. That's uh, more than 120 million people getting abused by the government in a way they don't approve and don't consent to. And we're supposed to think that's some fantastic deal. See, the fundamental problem is there's no consent. The fundamental problem is that as soon as you get away from consent, you are totally untethered from anything but arbitrary made-up rules. That's all. Oh, it's completely patriotic and reasonable that we have to spend all this money on these bullshit defenses that have nothing to do with defenses. We have 700 bases all over the stinking uh, world bombing people all day long. I can be made to pay for that. That's patriotic, too. But, oh, I can't be made to pay for some social program where they make shit up and they hand phones out. Okay. People want to claim a distinction between those. There aren't. I don't want to pay for one. Someone else doesn't want to pay for the other. I don't want to pay for either of them. (laughs) That's the problem with all of it. You only get one vote, 750,000 people in a district. There'll be way more than that by the time any of this stupid crap would ever even get theoretically implemented. See? That's the problem. It's all being watered down. They act like your vote matters. Tell you to get involved in all this stupid crap. Listen how dumb all this is. See, I don't understand how people can continue to fall for this. I really don't. I don't get it anymore because it's so stinking obvious. Right? But you heard those absurd, ridiculous sort of ideas, right? He's got a few others. Let's listen to a couple more. <laughs> so these senators and congressmen, yeah. we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do this, okay? Uh-huh. Great. Let's see if you're really prepared to help us do what really needs to be done. <laughs> help us do what really needs to be done. You hear that Barnum statement? Okay. There's a whole 150 million people who disagree that this is what we need to do, what really needs to get done. See, they don't agree with that. This is why these systems will never work. There's no agreement about this. This is just something he's acting like needs to get done. All sorts of people say it doesn't need to get done. This exact same kind of argument has been made for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. <laughs> it's no agreement. It doesn't matter. So all you're trying to do is get a slim majority so you can jam the stuff through and the other people, as soon as they get the power back, they jam it right back down your throat. And then they tell you this is the greatest system ever. It's nonsense, people. Wake up. <laughs> I have to go back and check. I think 17 state legislatures have already signed on the Convention of States. Okay, so 10 years, 17. So what? We need another 10 to get another 17. And then, like I said, it takes 38 to get it approved. And how long is the convention going to be and what's going to come out the other side? This is not a solution, people. With virtually no public support. <laughs> what does that tell you? With virtually no public campaign. <laughs> Could be 18, maybe 19. We need 34. Okay. And I guarantee if we got to 20... We get the public's attention. Excuse me, we get the Congress's attention. Who cares if we get their attention? They turn over every two years. It doesn't matter if you have a slim majority or not. People can see what happens. All you got to do is have a couple defectors and there's nothing there. These are not the problems. The problems are you have fundamental disagreement between hundreds of millions of people. You have a system that has no personal liability for any of the people making the decisions. You have no oversight of any of these people. You have no constitutional way. You have no way whatsoever to hold anybody responsible for violating all these rules. None. They have 
the ability to interpret these words and phrases in ways that make absolutely no sense, which they've been doing for 250 years. And then we're told it's the Constitution and we have to go back again. I thought this was the most incredible document ever created. Why does it need these restrictions? Why does it need these changes? He talks all the time about how they're operating outside the Constitution. Well, what does that mean? How can they be doing anything that has any validity at all if it's outside the Constitution? But he talks about it all the time. So they can just be outside the Constitution with regards to these. Oh, this is outside. That's not what it means. Those aren't receipts. That's not what the GDP is. (laughs) They've expanded it. They're not supposed to be able to extend it. You can make the same arguments about these kinds of absurd so-called amendments. That's the problem. Things like this don't work. I've explained it to people over and over again. You're drafting a contract, you're dealing with somebody, you can get money damages from them. If they have money damages, vast majority of cases, you're dealing with one party, they don't even have any money. They don't care if they don't perform. You can't make them specifically perform. All you can do is get a judgment. At best, they have no money. Good luck collecting it. See, but then you don't even have something that paltry when it comes to the government because you're not even allowed to bring the suits. If you do bring the suits, the government has all the advantages. If you do get it, there's no enforcement provision. (laughs) See, so none of this stuff can ever work. See, none of this stuff can ever work. And yet it's proposed as though it could work. And I'm not going to play the rest of it. He's got some others about how you can only take so much in income tax. He doesn't discuss the problems with taking his income tax and the fact that when you talk about what percentage of somebody's amount they can get, you just leave out the fact that Congress will get to describe and define so-called income and what it means to take from it and exceptions and exemptions, deductions and credits, all before you get to the so-called bottom line that would be the so-called 15% he wants to top it out at. It's just silly, people. Anybody who doesn't understand how easy it is for even a low-level, not very bright lawyer uh, to get around this stuff is a fool. And the people I've been watching, they will have cadres of very highly paid lobbyist lawyers who are experts at getting around this kind of stuff and foringifying the language in these Barnum statements and coming up with exceptions and definitions and explanations and then delaying lawsuits, which, as I just told you, that there's no way to enforce any of these provisions, even if you put them in there. How do you enforce now the fact that the Commerce Clause is being misused? How do you enforce it? You can't. See? How do you enforce the fact that the way they're taxing us is completely and totally unconstitutional? How do you do that? You can't. How do you currently object to the fact that they're making laws that are infringing on my right to the Second Amendment? How do you do it? You can't. You go to the Supreme Court. That's government. They make up their own rules. It takes years and years and years and years and years and years and years. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's assuming you can even get there. They'll just ignore you. They can just screw you at the appellate level, and then the Supreme Court doesn't take it. And then nothing happens. There's no way to do what these people claim. The problem is that once you claim this thing called a government can exist like this and supposedly has consent, and you have all the issues I've explained to people about the fact that there is no real consent. If there was consent, then you could just say, I don't want to participate in this anymore. They're outside the Constitution. They don't have the authority to tax me or make laws that apply to me any longer. It just makes shit up. They don't. Oh, well, can you do that? No, there's nothing you can do about that. So the goal here is always the same by these controlled opposition people who are constitutional conservatives and media and academia. They are there to make sure that people stay inside, never see the actual system problems like the lack of representation, the lack of consent, the lack of any accountability, the complete and total tyranny that 
the government is when a government can simply take your money and spend it on anything they want, especially on cops and soldiers, to hold you down and make you give more money. And that throw you in cages and that the government is the only people who get to decide whether what the government's doing is okay. See, once you do that, it's over. And this guy loves, loves, loves on Lincoln. Well, this was the heart of the problem. The South said, this is ridiculous. The way the system's running doesn't work. It's not what we agreed to. They voted, they left. Well, the North went down there, killed them all, burned all their shit, and forced them back in. And then they tell you that it was about slavery. It's just a complete fantasy. The South immediately started negotiations with foreign countries with regards to getting assistance, financial assistance, that they would end slavery with financial assistance and support in the war. How many people know that? I mean, think about that. Think how absurd that is. Think how that completely blows the entire narrative up. They were willing to negotiate it away, but look, they needed some time to get rid of it. Everybody knew you can't just set the slaves free. They don't have any skills. They don't have any money. What do you do? How does it happen? You just set free a million people, two, three million people into the It doesn't work. It doesn't work. There were all sorts of plans being floated, and the stuff would have ended on its own. I'm not defending slavery. Slavery's horrible. I'm saying once it's there, it'd been a part of the mankind for thousands of years. It was everywhere. You got to come up with plans to get rid of it. And the, the idea that the Civil War was fought over, that's nonsense. And I proved it in my chat GPTs. It's all complete crap. Total and complete crap. Everything they said. Lincoln said, the Norse position is lies. But once you support something like that, it's over. See? Then this idea you're going to get Article 5 convention. It's complete fantasy. Complete fantasy. Hopefully you can see that now, that this idea that Article 5 conventions are going to solve anything. Um, that's never going to work. An Article 5 convention is not going to do what people think. And hopefully you see now that not only is it long, long way off, but probably would never occur anyway. But even if once it, you got the 34 states to agree, you'd hold the convention, the rules would all be completely outside of your control. And the rules themselves would then be manipulated to get a result that you're not happy with. And then all the people who called for it would be all pissed off because you don't have any control of it once it starts. They could put all sorts of stuff together. They could engineer a so-called crisis at the time of the convention and then push through some shit like COVID. All right. Oh, national emergency. Oh, there'd be so much pressure. We got to do it. And all the idiots would run around, scream for it, clamor for it. And then the constitutional conservatives would act like, oh, that one could have seen that coming. And now we got to have another one to get rid of it. And okay, well, what happens if that happens? Now what happens? Now you're screwed. Now you got a situation where you got amendments put in there during some so-called heightened fear period where there's some big emergency going on. And they put something into the Constitution that gives Congress even more power, even more authority. Now what? See, it's so easy to manipulate these things, people. Vast majority of people, they can't think like I just showed them to, and they can't think outside the box, and they have pretty much good intentions and imagine other people do, and they can't see how scams and trickery can be used all the time to manipulate people in situations like this. So, so it's not a solution. It's, it's clown world of the highest order to run around and waste people's time on this. And the people who pushed on the Internet who are individuals, they're so misguided. But my God, the vast majority are so arrogant. They truly believe after listening to stuff like this and reading books by this guy that they understand the Constitution, that they understand the system, that they're way ahead of the game. And I'm the naive one and I'm not a patriot and all this other fantastic nonsense that's in their heads that they have no idea what's going on. No idea. They can't sort any of it out at all. And these people constitutional conservative media they're there to make sure that they never sort it out and that the electronic prison gets built and implemented 
and then there's nothing people can do. None of these people in media, in constitutional conservative media, have ever spoken up and said these people need to all be in prison as soon as they started this nonsense with the COVID, the national emergency, all these things they had no authority to do, spending the trillions. None. None of them spoke up and spoke the truth. None of them. <laughs> but now I'm supposed to believe they're on my side. Okay. I got you. Okay. I <laughs> uh, got some nice uh, oceanfront there in Kansas you might want to buy, too. All right, well, that's all I wanted to say about that. I, there was all sorts of other stuff in the show. I could have made 10 shows about the show he had. I could make 10 shows about every show uh, these people put out because it's always the same. It's packed from front to back, top to bottom, beginning to end with these deceptions and these ways that they mislead people and drive them into ditches that have absolutely no solution and no chance of working. Every single show is filled with that. But I can't do every show like that, and I don't bother, so... So there you go. If you want to follow me, you can, as long as I'm still on there. I'm Legal Man, a U.S. crime review on Twitter. The Jones Plantation movie coming out soon. I play Mr. Jones. It's a story by Larkin Rose. It's a great allegory about going from chattel slavery to debt slavery. And I hope people support that movie. When I get more information about with regards to how you can get the movie and watch the movie, etc., then I will uh, let you know. In the meantime, we're going to be at Pork Fest on June 21st. Anybody who's going to be there, check it out. And I want to thank people in Patreon who support my show, who kicks skin in the game. I appreciate that. There's nobody who explains the things I do to people. That's all. There just aren't. And I've saved people just an ungodly amount of time and trouble and money. You could never learn what I've taught people uh, by going to law school or anything else. You could spend tens and tens of thousands of dollars in courses and everything else, you're not going to learn it because nobody else tells people the truth like I do. That's all. They don't. Whether it's because a lot of people don't know it, which is the vast majority, but there's no money in it. See, the money is in pushing the nonsense, the constitutional conservative grift. That's where the money is. If I just wanted to make money, I'd just push that crap on people and laugh my ass off at the fools that listen to my show. But instead, I tell people the truth. I tell people the truth for however long I'm going to tell it. I don't know how much longer I'll do it, but however long it is, I tell them the truth and anybody can judge it. So thank you to the people in Patreon who have the integrity to step up. Thank you. Appreciate it. And beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands together one more time. Legal man.